Hey, everybody. On an action-packed episode, we talk about Hunter Biden, big tech, the Chinese Communist Party's influence in our country, and also the 1876 election. We tie it all together. Please consider supporting our hard work at charliekirk.com slash support. We do two podcasts today. We are on top of the news thanks to your support at charliekirk.com slash support. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. And if you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, where we play offense with a sense of urgency to win America's culture war on college campuses across the country, go to tpusa.com. Critical episode, lots of insight. Buckle up. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Each episode of The American Story aims to reveal a small piece of the truth about what makes America beautiful, good, and worthy of love. From our country's beginning, from sea to shining sea, stories about America, about the big things and little things we share as a people, inspire us to be more devoted to our country, connect us with those who have come before us, and help us be better friends with our fellow Americans. These are stories of pioneers, presidents, athletes, neighbors, artists, veterans, inventors, natives, and immigrants. Americans whose aspirations, sufferings, achievements, and sacrifices are woven into the fabric of our country. The American Story is a weekly podcast that tells the stories of the men and women who answer with their lives. Every generation, the defining question is how should we live? It is their answer to this question that have made America beautiful and worthy of love. It is our answers that will keep it that way. Listen to The American Story for free on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. To learn more about The American Story, visit The American Story podcast.org the american story podcast.org the last 12 hours has been some of the most frustrating for all of us here on the charlie kirk show that i can remember back going to the primary we knew that hunter biden and joe biden were involved in inter- international criminal espionage selling access to the highest levels of government to enrich themselves and enrich their family. Peter Schweitzer wrote an entire book about this. This was not even up for debate. The activist media didn't care at all. Democrat primary voters seemed to not care at all, especially as there was a unifying call just to defeat Donald Trump. Then in a stunning turn of events in late September and early October, Mr. Costello, working with Rudy Giuliani, had stumbled across a laptop, a laptop that, according to all appearances, was that of Hunter Biden's, that he signed over the rights of forgotten and abandoned property to a laptop store repair shop in Delaware. In the laptop were some of the most graphic pictures of, some people would say, illegal child pornography. In the laptop were intense and intricate text messages between Hunter Biden and 
business associates, and his father. Now, you might not know about any of this because you weren't even allowed to discuss this on social media. You weren't even allowed to mention the laptop. In fact, the story that broke this, the New York Post, they were locked out of their Twitter account during the critical 15-day period that it took to cover this story. And then, after the laptop was discovered by Rudy Giuliani, we then met a new character, Tony Bobulinski, an American patriot, who came out in long extended form on Tucker Carlson and went methodically piece by piece on how Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were selling their name and access to their family for personal and financial gain. Still, none of that was covered by the mainstream media. None of that was covered by BuzzFeed or even Axios or CNN or Huffington Post. And the reason being is no member of the activist media wanted to be blamed for reelecting President Trump. They turned a blind eye and they said, we are not going to do our job because of all the social pressure that exists in the American social circle of activist journalists. Then after Tony Bobulinski goes public, James Rosen reported on October 30th, quote, Tony Bobulinski says the team of FBI agents who interviewed him for five hours last Friday were, quote, taking extensive notes and asked multiple questions about Hunter Biden's texts on Burisma and Ukraine. Even beyond that, Tony Bobulinski shared that Hunter Biden was the subject of a criminal investigation. The Department of Justice official confirmed an FBI 2019 criminal investigation into Hunter Biden is, quote, still active. Now, none of this was covered. None of this was discussed whatsoever. You weren't even allowed to discuss this on social media. You would lose your account. They would deactivate you. They would suppress your posts. You want to talk about election meddling and election interference? And when Democrats were asked about this, Eric Swalwell, who we'll get to in a second because it actually all connects to this, Adam Schiff and all the Democrat leadership, they said that this was Russian disinformation, basically telling you, you're stupid, don't challenge us, you know better than this. James Rosen reported it, who is very well respected from Sinclair. Tony Bobulinski said it. And then the story just kind of went away. The election happened fraudulently, I might add. And as of now, Joe Biden has more votes in the states that matter, and we'll get into that in great length. And However, a media research study, media research center study shows that 36% of Biden voters were not aware of the evidence linking Joe Biden to corrupt financial dealings with China through his son, Hunter. 36%. 13% of those voters, or 4.6% of all of Biden's total vote, said had they known these facts, they would not have voted for former Vice President Joe Biden. The most flagrant 
apparent campaign of election meddling and interference in American history. And so yesterday evening, suspiciously and unexpectedly, I might add, the Biden-Harris transition team released a very short and almost cryptic press release saying that Hunter Biden was under federal examination for his taxes. Joe Biden then cynically started to say that his son is dealing with a lot of issues and I'm sure he'll get through this, is what they said. The exact wording is this. I learned yesterday for the first time that the U.S. Attorney's Office is from Hunter in Delaware advised my legal counsel they're investigating my tax affairs. I take this matter very seriously, but I'm confident that a professional and objective review of these matters will demonstrate that I handled my affairs legally and appropriately, including with the benefit of professional tax advisors. President-elect Biden says he's deeply proud of his son who fought through difficult challenges, including the vicious personal attacks of recent months, only to emerge stronger. Right, it's all Trump's fault. So number one, the reason that they're issuing this statement means that this is a big deal. Now, as soon as this statement came out, I said this is not the full story. Producer Connor and producer Andrew, they'll tell you. I said, look, if a U.S. attorney is only investigating tax matters, somebody's lying. That's something that a civil audit could easily be conducted from the Internal Revenue Service. The reason a U.S. attorney would be involved is foreign agent registration issues, money laundering, embezzlement, concealment, and national security issues. You don't get a U.S. attorney involved because you're $30,000 a year short on taxes. That's something that a revenue agent can easily take care of with a CPA. And that happens hundreds of thousands of times a year when people misreport on their taxes. Now, if it really was just about tax fraud, there are three big ways that you can violate taxes. You can underreport your income, you can claim fake and false deductions, and you can use fake numbers. Now, remember, the tax issues is exactly how they got Al Capone because they couldn't get him on anything else. So use the tax laws to eventually put him in prison. But it's much more likely that this is deeper than just a tax issue. The Hunter Biden tax probe is examining the Chinese business dealings, according to AP News. That's what this is really about. Am I the only one that is just taking a step back and saying, why is it that all of a sudden the director of national intelligence, Ratcliffe, goes on Tucker Carlson and starts talking about China? Then we have the story about Fang Fang and then the story about Hunter Biden all within this 48-hour window when we're talking about election fraud? Why all of a sudden this huge focus on China when those of us that are actually China hawks have been talking about this for 18 months? I think there's a reason for this, and everyone is missing it. Look, it's not often you get a gift for yourself, but I need to tell you about something that you got to buy. It's called a hedge against all the craziness in the market. It's a free 22-carat American Gold Eagle coin. Not bad, right? A free 22-carat 
American Gold Eagle coin in a special presentation box. To qualify, you have to take out a Precious Metals IRA or 401k rollover with Noble Gold. Makes a lot of sense right now to keep your savings and investments safe. Who knows what the next administration will do or what's going to happen? So look, we don't know what's coming next. And you have to have a hedge. They're creating money. Austrian School of Economics is completely under attack. So if you guys want to hedge against all the market volatility, and we know what's coming, inflation is coming. Call 877-646-5347 and get this special coin offer, but don't hang around. That's 877-646-5347. Tell them that Charlie Kirk sent you. Again, that's Noble Gold, 877-646-5347. So Hunter Biden now comes out preemptively and says that he's under federal investigation for taxes despite being investigated by a U.S. attorney. If it was just taxes, it would be nothing more than a civil audit being done by the Internal Revenue Service. This is more than taxes. This is potential money laundering, CCP connections, foreign espionage, and the entire Biden crime family, not to mention his uncle, Joe Biden's brother, James, is under federal investigation for a corrupt hospital deal gone wrong. There's so many different things I need to unpack about this. Let's just start here. Do you understand how evil it is that those of us that were talking about this in October were suppressed, kicked off social media, and we are not able to make the case to independent and swing voters? And now this is being published widely by CNN, CBS. Now everyone is covering this. Tony Bobulinski was called a traitor, everybody seditious. Do we have a clip of Joe Biden addressing this at the debate? Is that what we have here? That's a different one. We do have Tony Bobulinski, though, don't we? Let's play a clip of Tony Bobulinski. Then I want to play James Rosen. Now, the reason I'm playing this is that none of this is breaking news. None of it. I was just watching cable television. It said breaking Hunter Biden under federal investigation. No, if you did your job, you would have realized that was admitted by Tony Bobulinski and the Department of Justice back in late October. The reason you didn't cover it is because you didn't you would not like what would happen next, which is swing voters and independent voters, specifically in Georgia and Arizona, who might not like Trump, but they certainly don't like Democrat political corruption. Not vote for Joe Biden. That's why you didn't cover it. Play tape of Tony Bobulinski. It was prior to the final presidential debate in Nashville on October 22nd that Bobulinski, a former Naval Nuclear Command officer with a Q-level security clearance, now a wealthy corporate investor, first went public with his charges about the Biden family, including his account of two face-to-face meetings with the former vice president. The FBI interviewed Bobulinski the very next day. Did you get the sense that the FBI had already been working on these related issues uh, and matters prior to you making that public statement in Nashville. Uh, My impression is everyone in that room was very aware of the sensitivity of the parties involved here and potential multiple impacts to this country. So nothing you're reading right now should be a surprise to you about Hunter Biden under federal investigation. This is something that Bobby Linsky revealed. This was in late October. And none of the networks... No one was even allowed to discuss this whatsoever. And then Adam Schiff went on television and said, this is Russian disinformation hatched out of the Kremlin. 
These are people that are in charge of our intelligence committee. Play tape of Adam Schiff saying that this is Russian disinformation from the Kremlin. Play tape. Well, we know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. Uh, that's been clear for well over a year now that they've been pushing this uh, false narrative about the vice president and his son. Comes from the Kremlin. No, no, we don't know that, Congressman Adam Schiff. You understand how pathological these people are. That now we have U.S. attorneys and federal agencies investigating this. And despite... The mountain of evidence that existed in October, we're not even allowed to have a conversation about it before the election. And the tech companies banned Kaylee McEnany's account when she mentioned it. They locked out the New York Post. And the Biden transition team is only preemptively mentioning this because these investigations are so far down the runway They're so close to completion that even if Joe Biden becomes president, he will not be able to cover this up. Too many agents are involved. Too many people have been looking into this. I believe that Joe Biden only ran for the presidency to save his family from even more intense criminal prosecution. And Joe Biden is intimately involved in this. Tony Bobulinski outed him as the chairman, the big man. We have emails that say that. Let's read the emails that were on the laptop that we were not even allowed to talk about. Elections are supposed to be choices of a public that is well informed on who's going to govern their country. That did not happen. This election was rigged. Good Ranchers began with the standard of bringing top-quality, 100% American-born, raised, and harvested meat to families across America. This vision was instilled into them from their grandparents that owned community grocery stores and believed in trust, charity, and family values. Look, we've talked about Good Ranchers before. They sent us an unbelievable box of meat. And producer Connor, he brought it home, and he said it was unbelievable. Seriously, he started, he started talking about it uninterrupted for quite some time. It was perfectly marbled. It was unbelievable. In fact, he was sending us videos of him cooking the meat. We haven't been able to calm him down because then they sent us a ham and it got completely out of control. So look, Good Ranchers is a good partner. They do a great job. And as always, Good Ranchers is 100% American beef and chicken. And now they have pork. Steaks are always USADA choice and higher. Chicken is 100% all natural, no hormones. And it's individually wrapped, vacuum sealed, and ready to grill. So look, I'm going to tell you this again. Good Ranchers, quality meat. You love your country, then you have to buy meat from our country. It's the envy of the world, okay? Most of the rest of the world, they don't have meat like we have in America. Here's what Good Ranchers do. You go to GoodRanchers.com. You browse through their beautiful website, easy to use. So go do that. And then all of a sudden you say, I want to order dinner for the next two weeks. That's where Good Ranchers comes in. They send you a box of meat and then use that promo code Charlie and they send you a free Berkshire Hickory ham. Boom. Win. Problem solved. Love America. GoodRanchers.com, promo code Charlie, and then just email us how much you love the meat. Thanks so much. It would have been great if we had an election with the news about the vaccine being made public 
not the Monday after the election. Would have been nice if we would have known that there was a Chinese plot to infiltrate the highest levels of our House of Representatives. And it would have been great if we would have had the media cover all of this story when it came to James Rosen, Tony Bobulinski, money laundering, all of it. Instead, all of this was intentionally not covered to just get Joe Biden across the finish line. And that fight is far from over. We're going to dive into the election of 1876. We're going to dive into actually what I believe is the last line of defense. And it's not the state legislatures. It's not. But I really want to zero in on something that I just find very interesting and suspicious. And I think there's a couple explanations here, potential explanations. Why is it that all of a sudden we have the director of national intelligence, Ratcliffe, going on TV with Tucker Carlson, warning against Chinese infiltration at the highest levels of our government? He does that. And then very early the next morning, an Axios report comes out saying that Fang Fang, a Chinese spy, or her job was to, let's just say, get in good favor with men in politics, including Swawell. Fang Fang is a spy of the Chinese Communist Party. Swalwell was alerted to this and allegedly disconnected all contact. Basically, Xi Jinping pimped out Fang Fang to infiltrate America. So she went around and there was even FBI reconnaissance that shows that she was, let's just say, engaging in very personal relationships with, I think, a Midwestern mayor. So that was unsettling enough. But then, 36 hours later, we get a self-declared admission from the Biden campaign where they're saying, oh, actually, Hunter Biden is under federal investigation. Nothing to see here. It's just taxes, even though it's a U.S. attorney's office. And again, we've been through. That is not a U.S. attorney investigation. The IRS would be handling this if it was back taxes or if it was undeclared income or taking fake or false deductions. There is a criminal division of the IRS, okay? There's a civil division and there's a criminal division. If it was just tax fraud, the IRS would be probably handling this. That's not to say a U.S. attorney can't also use tax fraud, but if you're going to use it, use up a U.S. attorney investigation with federal subpoenas, these are people that go after the cartel. These are people that go after the crime families. This is not something where they just worry about someone who expense to private jet flight that it really was for personal use, not business use. That's typically the focus of the Internal Revenue Service. So we know it's more than that. And now the AP, the Associated Press, has come out and said that the Chinese Communist Party and Hunter Biden, that's what's really being examined. And then we have the Chinese professor that came out. Do we have tape of that? The Chinese professor, and I'll just paraphrase it, who came out and said, We own people at the highest levels of government. We control the country. So why now? Why is it that we are seeing this sudden deluge of declassifications and information 
and reports about the Chinese Communist Party purchasing and owning people in our country. Why now? Why not on October 1st? Why not on July 1st? It's not as if any of this information is compelling or new. Fang Fang has not been in the country in five years. Hunter Biden has been embezzling money since he's been doing cocaine, which is probably since he's been 16 years old. It's not exactly a new thing for Hunter Biden. It's a practice that was perfected by his father, allegedly, and the crime syndicate of the Biden family. So why now? There's a couple explanations. Let's start with the non-political explanation. The non-political explanation is that the Federal Bureau of Investigation is getting tired of the criticism that is being launched at them from even our show and from other programs where they're getting a little tired, they're getting a little worn down of being called doing nothing in the face of injustice. Maybe there is a stand down order when it comes to election fraud, but the good men and women of the FBI, which there are plenty, my criticism is against the suits, not the boots of the FBI. All of a sudden, they're growing a little uneasy, and to prevent a revolt within the Federal Bureau of Investigation, all of a sudden, they're getting green lights to start declassifying, going after, issuing subpoenas and arrests for the Chinese influence in our country. Maybe Bill Barr is trying to save his reputation, and if he's doing it via clamping down on the Chinese Communist Party's sinister, evil, malicious influence, good for him. There is no greater enemy than China. We have been on top of this issue more so than any other program calling for a complete and total suspension of trade with China. Calling them what they are. The great evil on America's in America's sight and on the geopolitical chess game that is being played. So maybe it's the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the CIA trying to save their reputation. Maybe they're trying to play a little catch up because they see what I see, which is a country that no longer trusts them, which is a country that no longer believes we even have a justice system. And if they're trying to compensate for lost trust, then show us. Don't just investigate. Start indicting Chinese nationals for purchasing our government. That's one explanation. Another explanation, which we were the first, I think, show and team on our Twitter account to float this out. And all of a sudden, this is getting a lot of traction and popularity. If I was the Soros-Harris coalition that wants a radical and complete transformation of government, I would be very displeased with some of Joe Biden's cabinet picks lately. If you're under the belief that Joe Biden is going to become president of the United States. You, If you really wanted to break the back of the United States economic system, if you really wanted a great reset, people like Janet Yellen are not exactly helpful. Now, by the way, I think Janet Yellen is terrible. She's a corporatist, billionaire-pandering internationalist. But Janet Yellen will still, in some way or fashion, pander to the interests of Goldman Sachs. She won't break the back of the entire economic system intentionally. That's not Janet Yellen's agenda. You see, if it was Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, they would completely do that from the Treasury Department. 
So as Joe Biden has been placing corporatists into government, as Joe Biden has been basically staffing his transition team with Fortune 50 CEOs and board members, the radicals, the Kamala Harris types, they're getting a little uneasy. And it very well could be that Kamala and the AOCs, Rashida Tlaibs and Elon Omar's, that kind of coalition of power-hungry Democrats competing in a political game of thrones right now, they're starting to make their position clear. Their position is this. Joe, if you want your son to go to jail for the rest of your life, keep acting as if you're president. But let's be clear. We're in charge. This is a warning shot. This is a This is a red line, to use an Obama term, of something he never enforced when it came to Syria. Don't cross this line, Joe. When you get that phone call and we tell you what to do, you know why. The same way they tried to extort and trap President Trump into not moving the embassy to Jerusalem and not canceling the Iran deal and not withdrawing TPP and not renegotiating NAFTA. The same way they tried to do that via Mueller, they're going to do it with Joe Biden. The only difference for Donald Trump, there were no crimes to try and prevent his action. Donald Trump said, this is annoying, this is awful, it's illegal, but sure, go look into Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka, and they came up empty with the Mueller report. Their attempted criminal extortion scheme failed. With Joe Biden, they have the goods on him. Because Joe Biden never built buildings, he never built hotels, he never managed golf courses, he never had the number one TV show, he never had the number one book, The Art of the Deal. Joe Biden sold access to your government for his own family to get enriched. What does that do? Opens up a massive criminal liability for you, which means you can be controlled. Can you imagine... If Donald Trump Jr. had been under federal investigation for tax fraud for two years and no one had told the voters while the media was looking the other way, that would never happen, of course. If Donald Trump Jr. was gallivanting around the planet to the CCP, selling out access to our government, he'd be in Rikers by now. So that's the second explanation is that this is a Kamala Harris warning shot saying, I'm in charge, you're not. And maybe I'll ask you to resign at the correct time. But don't worry, Joe, we'll protect your legacy as the person that always spared us from Donald Trump. And we'll make sure your son doesn't get into too much trouble. We'll give him probation. Because remember, Kamala Harris ran the California's attorney general office. She knows how to run an AG office for the corrupt, for the elite, and for the radical. She knows what she's doing. Joe Biden is so compromised, so corrupt, so weak, quite honestly, that this announcement from the U.S. Attorney's Office is either our Department of Justice trying to actually do their job and trying to show the public they're doing their job. And if so, I applaud them for that, because where has this been? Now, I'm extremely frustrated they did not make this announcement back in September or June, but they didn't want to meddle into the election, but not by not meddling, by not announcing, they meddled into the election. By the media not covering this and by big data and big tech not covering this, they meddled into the election. But there's a third explanation here, actually, that I don't think anyone is talking about. There's a third potential explanation of why this is happening now. 
And it has to do with the unsettled election. What if this is smokescreen by the FBI and DOJ to get us to take our eye off the unsettled election? The election that still has so many questions. What if this is all a distraction? Why now? It would have been really useful to have all of this information before the election. In fact, it would have been it would have been instructive of exactly how people should have viewed the Biden crime syndicate. Look, we're coming up to Christmas. And this Christmas season, I know a lot of you want to give back. Some of you have had great years. Some of you have had the worst year you can ever remember. But we're called to give back no matter what. And that's why we are partnering with Angel Tree. Angel Tree does an amazing job. Angel Tree partners with many different groups and radio shows, including ours, to help children who have parents in prison. It's not their fault their parents are in prison. Yet these children, they really have a tough time. And so what Angel Tree does is they give them a gift from their parents showing the love of Christ this Christmas season. You guys can go to charliekirk.com. If you scroll down, there's an Angel Tree banner. I know some of you were saying that you couldn't find it. So if you scroll down, you just see an Angel Tree banner right there. You click on it, give $22. It helps immensely. $110 will help reach five children. $220 will help reach 10 children. And so it will help a lot. We have served, by the way, we've served 1,268 children thanks to the Charlie Kirk Show. That's what you guys helped us do. Serve 1,268 children, and we want to help serve 1,477. That's our goal. So if you go to charliekirk.com and you click on the Angel Tree banner, we're honored to partner with them. Uh, Give back a little bit this Christmas season. It really helps a lot, and we've looked into them. They do a great job, and I know a lot of people that have put their name behind it. So go to to charliekirk.com and check out that Angel Tree banner. I want to play tape of Christine Amanpour. This is the most stunning tape I think we have of the media bias back before the election. Not even bias. It's not even, it's, I, I, it's not even bias. There's a better word for it. I'll think of it when you hear this. Play tape. To look at that, but that's not what we're hearing from Why the FBI. Why don't you want to report but this? What, this is the, one of the what, most powerful no, because families Liz, in Washington. Liz, the Liz, Biden family. And you're okay? You're okay with our interest being sold out to profit? Uh, Joe Biden and his family, when when we're suffering during a pandemic from communist yes, China, he's doing shady business absolutely. deals Liz, with communist you know China. You're well, comfortable, okay? As as you know perfectly well, I'm a journalist and a reporter, and I follow the facts. And there has never been any yes, issues yes, in terms that. of corruption. Now, let me ask you this: Yesterday, the wait, FBI, wait, 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 the wait. FBI, How do you know and, that? I'm talking about reporting and any evidence. I'm talking to you now. Okay, I would love if you guys would start doing that digging and start doing that verification. No, we're not going to do your work for you. I want to ask you a question. The FBI, contrary contrary to what President... To find out if this is verified. I want to ask you a question about the FBI press conference. Unbelievable. We had journalists that looked into this. James Rosen, Tony Bobulinski, and said, yeah. 
the FBI is looking at this. By the way, this is CNN. This is an indictment. CNN should be under federal investigation for operating as a Democrat super PAC, not as a news network. That could be a fraud. It really could. If they were selling vitamins, misleading people as much as they were selling news, they'd go to jail for deceiving practices. If I ran an advertisement that said, I have vitamins that can make you live forever, it is as deceiving as Christine Amanport doing that segment. And if I ran those ads on TV, I would be locked down by the Federal Trade Commission for deceiving practices. Why is CNN not locked down? There's no evidence of this. It wasn't that there's no evidence. It's that there was an overwhelming amount of evidence. But what it was is Christine Amanpour, very proper, she didn't want to comment on it because she was afraid of the tweets that were going to be sent at her. She was afraid of the text messages. She was afraid that she wasn't going to get invited to the Christmas party at the Kennedy Center. She was afraid all of a sudden that her kids might have to get different looks. She was afraid that she might be ostracized. And it wasn't just her. It was all of the people that were once journalists that are now member of a social society of people with television time and large staffs that do nothing more than peddle the propaganda narrative to advance a far left-wing globalist agenda. They're not journalists. They're socialites and activists. So outside of the signature verification, mail-in ballots, Dominion voting systems, hammer and scorecard, the nanny, fa- the granny farming, the nursing homes, the Nevada Native Project, outside of the dead people voting, the felons voting, all of that, the 8,000 fraudulent voter registration applications that were found to be in Lo- Los Angeles, just that one example, outside of all of that, there was direct election interference that shows that this election was rigged from the tech companies. The tech companies did not allow discussion or dissemination around anything to do with Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, the Biden crime syndicate, or Tony Bobulinski. 36% of Joe Biden voters had no idea that Joe Biden was materially or financially connected to China. No idea. 36% and 13%, I want to get the exact numbers here, 13%, which which would have been 4.6% of Joe Biden's total, said they wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden if they would have known the news. Even if it's 1%, Trump wins Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, even with the fraud. So now we have a new form of fraud that has polluted this election. This election in the key states, should be thrown out. And it still can be. There's one last line of defense that we have. Before I get into that, I want to talk more about the Chinese Communist Party threat. Do we have Joe Kennedy talking about this? I haven't even heard this clip, but I find it interesting because he's so entertaining. So let's listen to Senator Kennedy from Louisiana. Play tape. I think this issue is, or or this new disclosure rather, is also going to raise the issue again of how and why many major news organizations and social media platforms 
tried to tap down the New York Post story about uh, about uh, the laptop and the things point. on it. So that's Senator Kennedy talking about the interference in our election. It's not even a question of whether or not this election was interfered with. It's which point of interference do you actually want to focus on? This election was the most interfered election in American history from tech companies, from trillion dollar companies, from foreign countries, the Chinese Communist Party. Let's play cut 70 of Senator Josh Hawley talking about Joe Biden and his son's foreign business dealings. Play cut 70. But I say again, the idea that Joe Biden has nothing to do with this and we should just take his word that he never talked to Hunter about his business dealings, we know that's not true. The laptop emails make clear that that's not true. There's going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered. The Homeland Security Committee, on which I said, and and to Senator Johnson, who you're quoting, he's the chair there, we issued a report about Hunter Biden's business dealings. The mainstream media dismissed it. They were wrong. We were right. And we're going to make sure that these questions get answered and that the investigation goes forward. The greatest of all time from Iowa, Chuck Grassley, gave a very impassioned speech this morning, basically just skewering the media for ignoring them. Let's play Cut 69, Josh Hawley on America's Newsroom. I'm playing senators for a reason. Let me tell you why I'm playing senators. Because they're making the argument that Joe Biden is a Chinese agent. If Joe Biden is a Chinese agent, would you vote? For a Chinese agent to become president? Now, you might say, well, Charlie, they don't get to vote for president. Well, yes, they do. Play cut 69. Well, I tell you what is absolutely certain is that if Joe Biden is sworn in as president at the end of January, the United States attorneys who are spearheading these investigations must remain in office. I mean, there is no doubt there cannot be a transition of anybody who is working on this case. It's too high profile. It's too important. It involves federal crimes. It involves the vice president, at least indirectly. And if he is going to become the president, if that happens at the end of January, this investigation must go forward and everyone involved with it must remain in place. And the details of all of it must be made public. So if you're a U.S. senator and you're given a chance to Vote in the U.S. Senate whether or not you want a Chinese agent who benefited from a interfered with, flawed, polluted and corrupt election. Would you vote for that? Probably not. Did you know that the United States Senate is the final vote that has to occur? Before an inaugural can be officially certified. So, yes, all the Electoral College meets. The Electoral College goes through the state by state, but that is not the final step. The final step actually is the United States Congress has to certify the election. Congress in both the House and the Senate have an opportunity to vote on whether or not to certify the election. Now, usually there's no controversy. Usually the Senate and the House just votes on it. There's no objection. However, if there is just one objection in the House of Representatives and one objection in the United States Senate, then the joint session recesses and two houses separate and debate the question in their respective chambers for a maximum of two hours. Under federal law, each session cannot last more than two hours and, quote, no member of either house 
may speak for more than two for five minutes. The two houses then vote separately to accept or reject the objection. If both the Senate and the House agree, then the state's votes are tossed and the threshold to electoral victory would shrink. The House is still controlled by Democrats, albeit a very slim margin, right? It's only going to be a seven-vote margin for Nancy Pelosi. So even if the Republican-controlled Senate were to reject a state, there's no chance that the House would, but it wouldn't certify it, which it takes both chambers to do that. No U.S. senator that is a Republican should vote for certification, especially Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania. And for no other reason, they would be certifying the election of a Chinese Communist Party spy, agent, surrogate, affiliate, whatever word you want to use. The last part of this entire saga, state legislatures, electors, governors certify, secretary of states, frauds, board of elections, the last piece of all of it is our U.S. senators that is in Republican control, have to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down like Commodus would in Gladiator of whether or not they want a Chinese Communist Party agent to become president of the United States. Now, some people say, well, what about Mitt Romney and Murkowski and Collins? We might not have enough votes. That's fine. I want to know an entire roll call of the entire United States Senate of where they will stand on putting a corrupt, flawed, and polluted election behind their name. This has happened before in American history. We'll dive into it. Let's play tape of Senator Chuck Grassley. Do we have that tape queued up? Talking from the floor of the United States Senate about how his report has now been vindicated. Play tape. For over a year, Senator Johnson and I investigated the Biden financial family dealings. We found that they engaged in potential criminal financial deals across the globe, including China, which created counterintelligence concerns. We showed our work and we made our findings very public. But the liberal media and members of the other political party chose to dismiss our work even falsely claimed that our work was Russian disinformation. Russian disinformation is how they criticized it. It's how they cross-examined the important work of the United States Senate looking into Hunter Biden. And so what if the United States Senate decides to take a stand Against all of this, the big tech, big tech manipulation, the data manipulation, the corporate influence, the Center for Technology and Civic Life, the signature verification issue, the witness requirement issue, the Dominion voting systems, the ballots that are missing, the changing the polling places. What if the U.S. Senate decided to not certify the election? Someone would say it's unprecedented. No, no, no. There's precedent. In 1876... Rutherford B. Hayes was running up against Samuel Tilden. Samuel Tilden was from New York. Rutherford B. Hayes was from Ohio. 
Samuel Tilden won the popular vote with 4.2 million votes. Rutherford B. Hayes lost the popular vote. However, the popular vote is completely irrelevant. Rutherford B. Hayes ended up winning the electoral vote by one vote, 185 to 184. However, there were allegations of widespread fraud. There were allegations of ballots gone missing, of irregularities. One elector was replaced after being declared illegal for being, quote, elected or an appointed official. The question of who should have been awarded these electoral votes is the source of the controversy, specifically in Oregon, which Rutherford B. Hayes won. This is before statehood for Oklahoma, Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, Wyoming, Idaho, Washington, Montana, and the Dakotas. Rutherford, right? Don't say that very often. Not Rutherford, Rutherford. Not exactly an expert at pronouncing corrupt Ohio politicians. That's why I always called them Kasich, not Kasich. Kidding. Or I'm not going to tell you how I pronounced John Boehner. We're not going to go there. You guys can figure that one out yourself. So it went to the Electoral College. They met. They certified Rutherford B. Hayes as the winner. And it goes to Congress for the final step of certification. The House of Representatives was controlled by Democrats, which, of course, favored Samuel J. Tilden. But the Senate was still very strongly Republican, which favored Hayes. So that what ensued was what is called the Compromise of 1877. I'm not defending what happened after. Actually, it's pretty disgusting. It was a bargain that ended Reconstruction and re-implemented Jim Crow, poll taxes, all the stuff that is morally reprehensible. And it ended up being this compromise allowed the South to stay in control of their own governing strategy to kind of reassert some of their more racially despicable policies in exchange for a Republican becoming president, Rutherford B. Hayes. This is because the two houses could not decide, or the two chambers, I should say, that's the correct term, could not decide on who should become president. If the United States Senate and these senators are serious about saving the republic, they should do the same on January 6th. On January 6th, this is going to come in front of Congress. All it takes is for one House member, which is already going to happen, Mo Brooks, and for one senator, who we do not have a senator yet that has decided to do this, to challenge the legality of the results. I would bet Rand Paul's going to do this because Rand Paul, he's awesome. Which will then force a roll call vote. And we'll see where they land of whether they're willing, the United States senators and the Republican Party are willing to put their name behind Joe Biden. Texas has led the way. I think there's 15 to 17 states that have now joined on to this lawsuit of Texas v. Georgia v. Pennsylvania v. Michigan v. Wisconsin. Now, due to original jurisdiction, 
what Texas has done, intentionally or unintentionally, probably intentionally, is when one state sues another, the only court that can remedy that disagreement or that suit is the United States Supreme Court. Uh, This is called original jurisdiction. And so it's really important to note, though, and this is where John Cornyn and Jeb Bush really deserve to be repudiated for the way they've been handling this, which is that some people are saying, I don't understand the legal standing for this case. Well, obviously, they haven't read the lawsuit. The lawsuit coming from Texas to the other states is actually not about fraud. It's not. It's not about the irregularities. What it's about is how state law was changed without the state legislature approval. That's what it's about. It's a procedural complaint. And quite honestly, a procedural complaint at this moment might actually be more successful than proving fraud. For example, Texas is saying that they were disenfranchised because Georgia changed the way they did elections via signature verification and vote by mail in defiance to the state legislatures. That Stacey Abrams, because she came in with $40 million and sued Raffensperger and Kemp, and they settled out of court, and it was not ratified by the state legislatures under emergency, emergency proceedings of the Chinese coronavirus, that Texas has standing to sue. And it's a pretty good argument, to be honest. The argument is, why should Texas and their electors be invalidated by another state that did not follow the process? This is getting misrepresented as a fraud complaint. It's not. There are other lawsuits that are. The President Trump's campaign lawsuit pioneered by the great Cleta Mitchell in Georgia is a fraud complaint. The great Kelly Shackelford was on our podcast. I encourage all of you to check out the podcast in full detail and full length. And so there are multiple legal challenges happening simultaneously across the country. And this one of Texas is very interesting because it will ensure a potential superseding judgment. There is no appeal after the U.S. Supreme Court. It's called Supreme for a reason. Now, the reason why Texas probably did this is because there are over 8,000 cases that try to get in front of the United States Supreme Court. Only about 80 of them are heard, and it's a long process. In the rare case, though, that a state is suing another state, which does not happen very often, just because they don't want to get into conflict, and the attorney generals, they usually know each other, and... They're part of the same associations, the Republican Association of Attorney Generals or Democrat Association of Attorney Generals. They don't want to get in it. It's probably the only times it's happened in recent memory is over property rights issues, probably. Or interstate commerce or highways or reservoirs or national parks. That's probably the most recent time that one state suing another goes to the Supreme Court. And then they're probably happy to hear the case. But over an election issue, this is pretty ingenious, I have to say. If you want to get action on the U.S. Supreme Court, this is one way to do it. 
And there's Amy Coney Barrett. I'm wearing an Amy Coney Barrett shirt right now. Clarence Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. Uh, Thank you, President Trump, for three of those five. Then you have the Democrats, John Roberts, Sotomayor, Breyer, and Kagan. And so the Democrats will all rule probably against whatever is common sense. John Roberts has made a spectacle of ruling in a corrupt, self-interested, anti-American fashion. Bush appointee, I might add. The Trump appointees have been amazing. Amy Coney Barrett, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh have been terrific. And so the question is, constitutionally speaking, can a state change the way they do elections without using the process of the state legislature? And the answer should be no. Now, the remedy is unknown. What the U.S. Supreme Court will say after possibly coming to that ruling is really not clear. It's unclear, I should say. And here's why. The U.S. Supreme Court should not be in the business of judicial supremacism. The U.S. Supreme Court should not be in the business of overturning the will of the people. The problem is that this is not the will of the people. So the Supreme Court could do a variety of different things. They could say that Donald Trump's the winner based on certain guidelines. That's probably not going to happen. What they could also do, though, is they could say that they have a court order from the U.S. Supreme Court to have a new election in January for Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. I'd love to see Joe Biden campaign again in the month of January with all these new revelations that have come out about the federal criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. You want to see the country going to bedlam? That will be bedlam. So what? The U.S. Supreme Court could say, we're going to kick this down to the states, and we are mandating you guys have a bipartisan board of elections that comes to a determination by a certain date. They could do that. So there's two parts to the U.S. Supreme Court. There's the decision, and then there's the remedy. I hope you all understand that. So a great example of this was the gay marriage case. Justice Anthony Kennedy's one of the last cases that he decided. And the, the actual decision had very little to do about gay marriage. The reason that we were so appalled with the decision, it was Oberfell versus Hodges, is that right? Okay. The reason that we found that decision to be so surprising, to quite honestly be so awful, if I could use that word, is that it overturned state law, is that it almost made new law. The U.S. Supreme Court was kind of creeping in this direction for years. Roe versus Wade was very similar to this. But the Burger Court, they overturned state mandates that restricted abortion. They nationalized the abortion debate. So what's the consequence of all this? Well, the Supreme Court, since they're supreme, and there really is no check or balance against the Supreme Court except potentially impeaching and removing Supreme Court justices. The U.S. Constitution actually says there is no set number of Supreme Court justices, and there is no appellate form. It is the only court in the country that is final. That's why they take their rulings so seriously. 
And that is why they are so selective to hear only 80 out of 8,000 cases a year because they know once they rule on something, it sets something called judicial precedent as well, which other justices might use as a reason to not overthrow a decision. Now, judicial precedent is not everything. The poor decision, if my memory serves me correctly, again, I'm, I'm diving deep into my Supreme Court history here of all the independent research we do. I think it was the Dred Scott decision that was terrible, if I'm not mistaken. And the civil rights interpretations overthrew that. Is that right? Uh, roughly. Basically, precedent has been overthrown before. It just takes a lot of public support as well. So the point is that the U.S. Supreme Court, with this Texas decision, should rule that the elections in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin were conducted unconstitutionally. They should rule that way. What their remedy will be, we do not know. The remedy could be something as sort of don't do it again is what their remedy could be. They could decide in a 5-4 or 6-3 decision, this was bad, but we're not going to actually comment on the election itself. We're going to leave that to the states. Thanks so much. See you later. Yeah, Dred Scott was the bad decision under Article 3 or 4. It said that slaves were not citizens of the U.S., right? So then a a later decision overturned that. And so it really comes down to whether or not the U.S. Supreme Court is going to view themselves in their proper role as making sense of a pending collision crash course. We are barreling towards something that none of us want to live through. With a president that no one trusts, that represents a Chinese Communist Party crime syndicate. Now, what the U.S. Supreme Court could do, though, and this is where the U.S. Senate comes in with their final certification, what the U.S. Supreme Court could do through this Texas lawsuit is they could give the U.S. Senators the intellectual and the political permission, I could say, to then all of a sudden not certify. What the U.S. Supreme Court could say is this, is this is actually, this was done unconstitutionally, but we are not going to overthrow it in our opinion. We're going to leave it to your constitutional devices. If that happens, then all of a sudden the Republicans in the U.S. Senate have a really good argument not to certify. And what the compromise of 1877 would be, I don't know. I don't know what that compromise or that, what that remedy would be. What the U.S. Supreme Court could do is give a little bit of cover fire to House members and to senators and state legislatures. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the state legislatures are running to the hills. They are not doing what they said they were going to be doing. They are hiding behind perfunctory and procedural excuses, Arizona being one of them. The Arizona Speaker of the House is a coward who says he's not going to hold hearings on this or a vote or a special session, whatever. Georgia is doing a good job. Pennsylvania's a joke. Michigan's run to the hills. Wisconsin's nowhere to be seen. It all comes down to public pressure. Judges are people. Just as Mitt Romney said, corporations are people. He was wrong. (laughs) 
but judges are people. And that's where you come in and what you can do. A storm is coming for those people that have been selling out our country to China. I think that the intelligence community is split. I reel on the FBI a lot. I probably should be more specific. As I've mentioned before, my criticisms against the suits, not the boots. And I think the boots are getting uneasy. I think the Federal Bureau of Investigation now realizes the sinister Chinese threat and they want to all of a sudden start putting points on the board. A lot of members of the FBI are patriots. They're veterans. They love their country. And they don't like it when the CCP all of a sudden starts to infiltrate every single aspect of American life. Let's play cut 48. Gordon Chang confirming that the professor who says that he has surrogates within the U.S. government of Chinese agents, he confirms it's true. Play cut 48. So he's out there less than a month after our presidential election saying essentially, we admit it, we are in control. Our friends in the business community in the United States, Wall Street specifically, are on our side, up uh, over and against the U.S. government itself, the, administ- the, the current presidential administration, and we pull the strings. Do you think that's bragging? To what extent is that true? Well, that part of the video is true. That's absolutely true, that China does have that relationship into what he calls the core circle of America's real power. That part is definitely true. And then I want to play Rick Grinnell here, cut 74. I'm making a prediction right now. The reason this is starting to leak out and the FBI sending warning shots. Remember, it was Bill Barr who warned over the summer that even CEOs who are doing business with China might be subject to foreign registration laws and requirements. Play cut 74. This is the beginning of what could be one of the great revelations of our time of how the CCP has infiltrated every aspect of America. Play cut 74. And I can tell you without giving away too much intelligence, this is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the leverage that China is putting on our politicians. There's many, many more. Uh, Wouldn't the Bidens be up there in that category? There's a variety of mayors, governors, senior people. Look, the other thing that that we've got to point to is is that Eric Swalwell said... I can't let you gloss over that. Mayors, governors, senior officials, what? There's a whole bunch, Sean, and more should uh, be coming out. They've all received defensive briefings, and there's a lot more to it. This is the tip of the iceberg. They've all received defensive briefings, which means that they... Now, if, if only Donald Trump received the defensive briefing from our own government before they spied on him. Our own government was acting like the CCP, and Trump never got a defensive briefing like, oh, hey, by the way, James Coney and Peter Strzok are spying on you. I'm glad that... People that are in bed, literally, with the Chinese Communist Party get defensive briefings. Our government has been purchased by the CCP. And we did this under the Chamber of Commerce lie of free trade, of open borders, pro-pharmaceutical, and pro-plastic. That's what I call it. It's all the plastic nonsense that we import from China that we don't need. I'm making a prediction here. And these usually tend to come true. There's going to be some very shocking revelations when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party's infiltration of America coming out very soon. Maybe a report, maybe declassifications. 
But something tells me that the intelligence agencies have been confined to a box. And they're not going to take it anymore. They've been told, don't interfere with the election. And the patriots that are still within the FBI, that are still within the DOJ, and there's plenty of them, and many have been shackled by the deep state influences, they're ripping off the handcuffs and they say, fine, we can't look into voter fraud, then we're going to punish somebody here. And that's what's happening. Is that the last, the last gasp of patriotism within our government is making their offensive. And God bless them if that's what's happening. Investigate them all. Dianne Feinstein, Eric Swalwell, Kamala Harris, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, all of them who sold out our country to the Chinese Communist Party. Email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. God bless America. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure you're subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider. Hit subscribe. Email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Anytime you have questions. And if you want to support us, go to charliekirk.com slash support. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. God bless. Speak to you soon.